Welcome to the Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 We begin our series for moms with a discussion with three amazing ladies who are all moms of adult children diagnosed with various special needs. Sherry Monis, Sandy Anderson, and Terry Stashak are each such incredible women with a lot of insight and wisdom to share. And I just know you're going to admire these ladies as much as I do. So let's get started. Hi, ladies. It is so good to see you all and to hear you today on this podcast. Hi, Kristen. Hey, so good to be here. So ladies, I thought we'd start off with um, just talking through some things that moms may come across in their journey as moms of children with special needs. And so Terry, I wanted to start with you and just ask, how did you accept your child's diagnosis at first? And how did you then move forward in those early years? We uh, were completely caught off guard, um, had no idea uh, when our Katie was born with Down syndrome. However, God blessed us with twins, twin girls. And I think that was the blessing. You know, our prayers were give us what we could handle. And the bottom line was we were busy with two and you didn't dwell on the fact that Katie had Down syndrome, had holes in her heart. It was, you just went on and you just realized we were blessed with two beautiful baby girls. Um, We did get to watch literally that gap. You started watch the gap get bigger in the developmental milestones of um, of what Katie could do compared to her sister. And that was heartbreaking. That was heartbreaking. However, the blessing is that because of a, a typical twin, we put the girls in the typical activities uh, very early on, tap ballet at age four, at five gymnastics. Well, guess what? Um, The instructors were worried. Yes, they were worried. And I said, I will take her out. Let, could you just let her have a chance to try it? And at the end they said, she has so much flexibility with downs. She has better balance some of the other kids, she found her sport and her passion. And, and the biggest thing that we learned from this is absolutely do not keep your kids from trying things. Let them find their gift, their passion. Do not stop them. And, and it's just, it doesn't close the door. It opens up opportunities. I, and I think the bottom line, uh, Kate, Katie and her sister Megan are 22 years old now. However, very, very early on, we realized that Katie was blessed with eternal innocence. Mm. Wow. Um, we have to work toward that. We just don't do that. And, and our typical kids, they have to work toward that. And that got us through the worst of the days. So, mm-hmm. so Sherry, while raising your family, how did you balance the needs of caretaking for your child and the needs of your family, work, self-care, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that balance is tricky as 
we hear so many, I mean, it's a topic that's, you know, always on magazines, in articles about how to balance your life. And I think that, um, you know, it, we're chasing after it all the time. I think that the first thing that you have to do is realize that the reality is you, you can't balance everything. You know, things are going to take priorities. And so um, I think, though, that once you realize that you can't do it all um, and you accept that that's a reality in our world, that you start to feel more balanced as a result of just accepting what reality is and recognizing that it's a matter of um, priorities and what's important at that time. Um, so I think that, that that really helps. I think it's um, priorities are really important to have in order to find your balance because it helps you to put you on a track um, that will keep you uh, true to your values. So that way, when things start coming up in, in life, start getting busy, um, when you're real clear on what your priorities are, then you will uh, be able to say no to the things that um, aren't in line with your priorities. Um, and so it helps you to kind of weed through what's not important. And that's where another way that you can kind of gain balance is, um, you know, when we're spread too thin, that's when we start feeling like we're out of balance. So if we say no to the things that really just aren't in line with what the priorities are for the family and their needs and your marriage and yourself, then, um, you, you know, you start to feel like you're more in control of what's going on. The other thing I think that you want to do is try to avoid the temptation of trying to do it all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to please everybody. And so I think that that's another way to recognize that that's, it gets us out of balance when that's what we're doing is, um, you know, dropping things that we know are our priorities to go do something else that we know would please somebody else. Um, the other thing that's important about balance is recharging your own ba ba batteries. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what's important about that is that, um, you have to recharge yourself in order to be your best um, for your family um, and, you know, be able to show up. So you've got to take the time to um, sleep. You know, if you're not sleeping well, figure out why, you know, you've got, it's not selfish to take that time to figure out uh, what you need in order to recharge your batteries so that you can give to your family. And, and I know that we hear that, message a lot today um but it's it's true when you're resting well you're eating well you're getting some exercise in which helps with the stress um, that we have in our families um then it helps us to feel more in balance or just more like we're not constantly putting out fires you know, it's just, it doesn't feel well. It feels much better to just feel like we're in control. And so I personally know that I need, I'm not taking well um, care of myself when I'm cranky. 
because that's not typically my personality, but when I'm cranky over something that is really minute, uh, it's a good sign that I need to stop and take a look at, you know, what's lacking um, and make sure that I put myself in there as well. So, you know, balance is tricky. Uh, you got to set your priorities, um, take care of yourself and, um, you know, say no to the things that just aren't going to keep you on track. Yeah. Thanks so much for that advice. I think a lot of times moms and especially younger moms, newer moms to this journey are not really, um, they feel guilty if they prioritize mm -hmm. taking care of themselves. And so I think it's just so important for us to speak into that and say, no, this is really important for your balance, for your, um, battery, as you say, and I love that. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much for that advice. Sandy, you know, one of the other things we deal with as moms is, um, and as parents is working with the school districts and working with those IEP processes every year. Um, do you have any advice for this? Uh, I do. I do. Um, having two sons now that are adults, uh, ages 34 and 30, um, you know, we, we did our 22 years in the school district. And, uh, so the things, um, some of the things that I learned was um, one was to be prepared at the best of your ability. Uh, in the beginning, I wasn't good at it because I didn't know what I was doing. And back in the day, people didn't know either. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know this is kind of silly to say, but in the, in the beginning for me, I had to fake it till I could make it. And so I took in a notebook and I had my kids stuff in it and their medical reports and all that. And then I realized that wow, I, I was on the right track, you know, so I, I had an IEP notebook that I made um, with their picture on the front of it. I had one for each son. And so my focus and their focus that they could see was the picture of my son on my notebook. And then on the inside, I had um, tabs for medical reports of every single kind, whatever they needed. I had a package in there where I had anybody's business card. So right at the beginning, I could turn to, and I just had everything all together. Mm -hmm. um, I even had the special education law book right there in case I needed it. But um, a lot of it too was to be, um, we have to be assertive of advocating for our children because we are children's voice in many cases, especially when they're younger, when they're older, we definitely want them to be able to participate and help them be their own advocates and support with the teachers. But um, oftentimes the IEP table can be hostile and um, which is very heartbreaking, but I encourage parents to know that um, those people in your life in the school districts and therapists, they will come back around in your life again. And um, I worked very hard to let people know when we're in the boardroom, we're in the boardroom, I will be assertive for my child, but I will also be kind and friendly to you outside. If I see you at Trader Joe's, I'm going to stop and say hi and how's your kids and really get to try to know them on um, a personal level also. And when Joel graduated from school, we had a party for them because um, and we made it a red carpet um, Oscar event. I mean, Joel made awards for all the teachers. We had somebody repping from every year from preschool all the way through high school. And they walked up and we honored them because I couldn't have done it without them. Well, some of them I could have done with them. <laughs> but 
to be truthful, but it was very few, you know, that I couldn't go back and say, hey, I really appreciated what you did. And um, so I encourage you to, yeah, make it a team, but yes, also be assertive for your child and know what is um, appropriate for your child and know what you can do because you're going to have different voices telling you, you need this and you need that. And, you know, like Sherry said, it's like, we don't have to say yes to everything. And um, now that I've been down the road 30 something years and we're seeing more and more that our kids' brains can do and can't do and what's important. And um, I encourage so much of the IEPs is they can't do this at this age and they haven't done this yet. And it's so discouraging. And we really have to um, make that shift of, but they are able to do this and let's work with this strength. Where Joel was very strong in art and history. So we taught all his subjects through art and history. So he was successful and it was so much more fun. And they're realizing now in your brain connectivity that play, whatever form it is, is so much more helpful. So if we can incorporate more play through IEP goals and things that are fun, it's just going to make it much more fun for everybody. And um, so, but yeah, just be kind, be kind, be assertive. And, um, you know, you're your child's best advocate. That's right. That's an amazing balance you've struck. It really is. Um, you know, when we're looking at life and balance and, and the balance within a family, Terry, what would you share about caring for and nurturing your relationship with your other child? Um, having, again, having had twins, so both at the same time, you knew immediately that you had to give equal, especially babies and, you know, it just kind of moved up. So we had an advantage on that. And then soon they became more siblings because they were different developmental. Um, however, um, we tried with the equal time, the energy, the attitude, um, but starting to get, Megan had certain, her typical twin had certain gifts. There were things she didn't want to do. And there were things that Katie did anything that Megan did. So what we did was we tried to identify those things that Katie or Megan liked to do and made her a part of the therapy, made her a part of the activity of the learning and their uh, math and some things with that Megan loved. So we made her a part so that when Katie succeeded, she was a part of the success. So it was finding ways to include her, not make her uh, do the things she didn't want to do. It was just, just trying to find that balance. We all know our kids have special gifts and it's so neat when there is a success, they get to be a part of it. Um, uh, we, got Megan involved with some of the sports programs and that just wasn't because she was a little freaked out by some of the other um, older kids that, you know, really liked her. And she was like, oh no, mom, this isn't for me. So it's finding that opportunity. Um, uh, in the last couple of years being involved with um, special education, the um, um, we had a psychologist do a presentation that I wish I had heard from the start. She said, and what she does with her own children is to schedule a time, uh, a date uh, for each of your children, completely separate. That's just your 
sibling, the, just the sibling. And depending on how many kids you have, that may have to be monthly. That may not be able to be bi-monthly or weekly, but it is their time and the opportunity to talk to them and find out what they're thinking, what they're feeling. It's all about them not being interrupted by a special needs child or sibling. I wish we had learned that early. I thought we did a great job with Megan as the typical um, sibling. However, when she wrote her uh, essay for college, essays for college, and one of them talked about the, her experience being the sibling of a special needs twin sister. And in it, 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 it was kind of heartbreaking. Um, she felt a responsibility. We knew that she was very mature and always felt responsible for her sister. But she articulated that she felt a pressure to succeed, to make up for, to us as parents, to make up for her sister because she couldn't meet those same, you know, successes and goals. And she felt it was the way she articulated. I mean, it made me cry, uh, made it open the door again for that communication. And had I wished we heard that earlier on, because you just, it didn't seem to have any impact on her psyche, on her, you know, uh, anything negative. And yet I would have liked to know that earlier. And so I think these dates, if I had the opportunity to do anything, start over is to definitely set that up. And most of us have respite. You know, you have to give up a little of your date night or your, you know, the opportunity of what you want to use rest before. Maybe use respite as that that hour to give to your other child so that they feel like their focus is them. I just I thought that was a brilliant um, suggestion. So I just wanted to share that. That is such a great suggestion. That's actually something that we did implement. Um, I think someone had suggested that to us years ago. And so Eric will often take Caleb out for a Padre game or just errands. I'll take him, you know, to go shopping or out to lunch or a movie. And um, it's that time, that one-on-one -on -one time, uninterrupted, like you said, just to sit there. And sometimes the best conversations are just in the car when you're parallel, you know, and they're not really being stared at. And uh, yeah, those have been some really memorable moments. So thank you so much for sharing that. So looking at another relationship that's very important in the family is our relationship with our husbands. And so Sherry, what are some of the things that you found helpful to keeping a healthy marriage in the midst of raising your child with special needs? And then what's some advice you might, any one of you give to a spouse that may not be on the same page and might not be understanding their child's diagnosis or may not even be on board with it? Mm. Um, well, uh, I, it's, um, I think that when it comes to your marriage, you, it's just important. Remember it's, it's going to be a journey as you're raising your child, um, that has special needs. Um, and, and some families have more than one like Sandy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, the challenges are real, the challenges are tough. And I, I just always remember to just go back to, you know, why you fell in love with each other in the first place. I think that's just so important to go back and remember those qualities because sometimes um, they, 
it's hard to see them on a daily basis. We, you know, those aren't what we see. We see us um, in the thick of things. And, um, and so I think it's really important to really cling to each other during the tough times mm -hmm. and to remember why you became a couple and got married and chose to spend your life together. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and, and kind of along the lines, as Terry had mentioned about um, planning a date with uh, siblings separately, I think we need to plan dates with our husbands. Um, I know that that's also kind of a popular trend that's out there, but I think it's especially important for um, our families because, um, again, it's an opportunity for us to get back to um, spending time with the person that you fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And um, even if you take some of your respite hours, um, you know, it's a great, you can't find a better way uh, to spend some of your respite time than together. Go on a date, go grab sandwiches and just go sit on the beach and watch a sunset or something like that. And it's amazing because it sounds like, oh, a lot of work, but it's worth it. And when you're done and on the other side of it, and the sun is set, you just feel revitalized um, and reconnected with um, your spouse. And so I think that's really important. And then, you know, if you typically use your respite time to go grocery shopping, go grocery shopping together at the end yeah. of your date, you know, <laughs> so that, yeah, you, you get, uh, you get uh, two birds with one stone, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> Get it all done. Um, the other thing I think that is re, um, important to remember in, in marriage and uh, protecting and just kind of cultivating a marriage um, is to remember to forgive one another. Mm -hmm. um, I think that also there's times when we react to the stresses um, out of character things that are not normally like us. And I think it's really important for us to remember to offer grace and forgiveness to each other because we all have our breaking points <laughs> and to remember that, you know, our spouses, they're doing the best that they can. And as we are too, but sometimes we blow it or, you know, we just do something that's out of character. So I think forgiveness and grace is really important too. Um, to help to keep your marriage healthy uh, during the years when we're raising our kids. And I just think um, praying together, you know, for those who, who believe in the power of prayer, I think that there's nothing more intimate and in connecting than praying over your child, all your children um, together with your spouse. So those are some of the things that you know, I, I have used um, throughout the years that we've used to, you know, try to keep our marriage um, as fun <laughs> and strong and, um, you know, just to remember to be attentive to one another and, and to be there for each other. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then, and, and um, with regards to what to do, if you have a spouse that's not really on the same page with you, um, I, you know, I'd love to toss that out to the other ladies as well, but I do know it's important to be on the same page 
um, because you don't want de divisiveness going on in the home um, while you're trying to figure out what's best for your child, you know, figuring out what they need and what's best for them and how you're going to be able to get that for them. So, um, you know, I would say um, communication is huge in terms of maybe asking your spouse questions like, you know, what, what do you need um, in order to feel more comfortable or what, you know, with our child's diagnosis, you know, what kind of, is it certain kind of information that you need to hear? Do you need to hear from a, a prof, you know, a professional or, you know, what is it that we can do that would help you, you know, to understand if it's not understanding the diagnosis or what um, individuals with this diagnosis requires. So I think communication would be really important. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has anything they want to add? Yeah, I, I might add, um, you know, we, we all work so hard at affirming our kids, you know, oh, you're doing this so good. And you've done that so good. And, you know, for so long, I forgot to affirm my husband, mm. you know, I mean, he's, he's off working, trying to pay the bills and have the insurance and stuff for us. And I forgot, you know, often on and of going, wow, I really appreciate you that you are working so hard to take care of us so I could stay home and take care of the kids because it was a full-time job for me. And, and um, when, especially with having two, it was just kind of like, well, you take this one and I'll take that one. Or um, what little time he did have, because my husband's usually gone from like six in the morning till eight at night. So he wasn't around that often, but um, finding the things that we were both good at mm -hmm. and letting him do it his way. So we decided, okay, you handle anything that had to do with insurance because it was, you know, his company and you're really good at that because it was over my head and it caused me a lot of stress. So when, once he took that over, that alleviated my stress. I handled the IEP meetings because he couldn't go to those as often. And so I could handle those types of things. And then when it was just even caring for the kids when they were little. So he did their diapers differently than I did. That's okay. We let dads do things their way. It's good for our kids, you know? So instead of mom going, well, no, 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 we have to do it this way. And I was like, no, we don't have to do it that way. And um, just honoring each other by your way's good too. And I think that helps a lot in a marriage. And then um, we finally got to the point too of being able to recognize when I would get to feeling the stress coming on and being able to call him ahead of time on his way home from work and just say, you know, honey, today I'm just on the edge, just so you know, before you come home, you know, it's not clean. It's not this, it's not that, you know, who knows what's smeared all over the walls or the floors or dumped out of the fridge, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that really helped that he knew that he was coming home and that um, he could because he has an hour over an hour commute. So he had time to decompress before he got home, but, and then be able to be supportive for me or say, Hey, just why don't you go out for a little bit or something like that. So, but yeah, the communication and just letting each other um, do them, you know, mm -hmm. that is so, so good. Mm -hmm. Sandy, what's one thing you wish you could tell yourself looking back and what's one thing you were happy you did? Um, looking back, I say, I wish we had played more. So the evidence now that I know of playing, um, 
I used to say proudly that I lived in dog years, that I could accomplish more in one year than anybody around me. <laughs> and now looking back, that's not healthy. And um, and just more play, finding more things. Because we did do every single therapy that was out there at one point. Almost. Yeah. We did do the pig injection. <laughs> stuff. But other than that, I think we did everything else. And um, so I wish that we had just played more, gone to the beach more. Although, well, you can only take one. See, we could only take one at a time to do something like that because of our two, but um, definitely just played more. Um, uh, one thing I did write was um, like Terry said that of, you know, finding the thing and letting them do it, yeah. you know, what their hearts desire. When when Joel said, mom, I need to go to China. We have to go to China. We got to help people with special needs go to China. And I could have just gone, no, are you crazy? There's no way I'm taking you to China. One, can you fly that far? And two, you know, it's a very different country. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't say no. I just said, let's pray about it and see what God has planned. And three years later, we went to China. Not only once, we went twice. Wow. And how God used that. And then him feeling like he could say again, mom, I feel like I got to go speak to schools, to kids all over, all over. And I'm like, hey, that's a really big dream. You know, he wants to be like Dr. Martin Luther King. And I'm like, okay, let's pray about it. You know, and now we speak to schools now all over the world. So instead of telling our kids, no, your dream is too big, of stepping back and going, this is what God's put on their heart. I mean, yes, we still have we can't time travel. He's asking me, we can time. We haven't been able to accomplish that one yet, <laughs> but you know, God knows, right? God knows her heart and puts those desires on our kid's heart of where he wants to use them. And even Jared, who he's not doing that, but realizing that Jared's um, just loves unconditionally, mm -hmm. you know, and that is his blessing to the world and to be okay with that. Yeah. Because right now everybody's kind of into what's your kid's superpower. And then those that maybe aren't like gifted in this or that, they're feeling really bad. Well, my kid can't do anything, you know? And, and so that's heart heartbreaking for some families. So just encouraging families that every child is created with a purpose and reminding them that, that they are a blessing and God can just even use their smile or the way that they hold your hand and, um, Yes. I love that so much. That's fabulous. I used to always get the question, well, is she high functioning? And I have to stare at them and say, well, wow, what are you implying? I mean, the opposite of that is what? Low functioning. And mm -hmm. to realize that, no, she has a purpose. And whatever that mm -hmm. purpose is, we need to find that out. Just mm -hmm. to glorify God in that and thank him for it. We know that he's with her everywhere she goes. That's our verse, Joshua 1, 9. So. Thanks for sharing that, Sandy. Um, Sherry, do you have any advice for future planning, especially with regards to preparing the siblings for the future? And anyone else can jump in on this too. Um, I think that it's great to have conversations with the other siblings in the you know in your family um, about uh, the future, what it will hold, and the fact that we're not going to be around forever. Mm -hmm. um, as much as we would like to be, you know, the reality is, is that we're not. And so 
um, I think that some kids are very receptive to it and take on the planning themselves and others don't, um, you know, our family situation was one where, um, you know, at one point we kind of, my husband and I decided to sort of divide and conquer, um, because, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to be out of a sense of fairness to both, uh, my son and my daughter. Um, that was, that was the choices that we made. I don't know that that was the greatest choice now. Um, I think that uh, looking back, I, I would have them do more things together and, you know, come from more of a place of suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> We're going to do this together as a family and not, you know, try to try to make everything so easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, I think that those are some things that are important about planning for the future and and as I've shared, um, you know, my, uh, our son, um, he, you know, we pray for the person that he's going to marry someday, if he chooses to, mm-hmm. um, who his uh, future spouse might be. And we pray for the heart of that person, that they would have a heart to, of tenderness and kindness towards our daughter that they would be invested in looking after her and supporting, you know, our son in that journey. Once his parents are gone, that they would be supportive to him and help him with um, the responsibilities that he might have um, as a result of us not being there to make decisions. It's very, I mean, it is important to talk about the future definitely and have some plans in place. Um, but really we're at a point right now where we're as far as praying for that person. I think that, uh, that will have an impact on how much interaction our son ends up having with our daughter will be based on, uh, the kind of support that he receives from his spouse. And so, um, I think that's important. And then also too, um, you know, Terry, I don't know if you want to share a little bit, but we were talking earlier about how we have to be fluid with the planning process for the future because, um, you know, things happen that you don't plan for. Plans change. And so, you know, I don't know, Terry, if you want to speak a little on that, about about that uh, yeah. might be helpful. We, you know, all of the resources, things are changing. There's a lot more programs out there and that's the best part. And it's Mm -hmm. just taking the responsibility. My husband and I are like, um, I think Megan, the typical twin early on was like, well, Katie's going to live with us. Well, she's now married and has a baby or has a 15 month old and another one on the way. And I, I, you know, things are changing and we have obviously done the financial planning and we want to make sure that whoever, whatever is best for Katie, that we have something set up for that. Um, But it's also looking at these different programs because again, Katie's very social, maybe living in a assisted living or and a program is best for her. Um, I know a lot of families that have um, 
uh, independent living for their kids with an oversight and it's working wonderfully. So it's not just saying this is what we're going to do. It's saying what is best and then having alternatives. And I think just mm-hmm. keeping that in mind and the programs keep expanding. And I think there's a lot more special special needs parents that are looking ahead saying, hey, we can do this better and we're trustworthy. And maybe some things just open up. And and again, the prayers, I think, is probably the most important thing is, is that we continue to pray that those doors open and the best, best fit for our kids and for our other kids that we can find to make, um, make their lives easier, but also um, I, that plan that God has for them, each of them, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I could say something to having neither of my kids have been able to take care of either of them. <laughs> um, trust has been the biggest thing that I have to have in my Lord is because, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we can plan at the best of our ability, but, um, you know, we haven't had anybody step up and go, don't worry, I gotcha, you know, and um, now, like, like Terry said, that, that things are changing all the time and there's self-determination and, and different things like that. And we just had um, a big meeting with Joel, with the facilitator. And we thought of, had Joel just reach out to anybody he could think of that he'd either traveled with or had been mentored by or whatever. And we had like 21 people on a Zoom call and all of them had different strengths and different ideas. And I'm going, okay, we do this each year that just kind of builds his community in a very broad way because you know people are kind of all over everywhere you know nowadays with beauty beauty of zoom to bring them all together I mean we had people calling in from Japan and Texas and you know all over but it made me feel better of knowing there's people out there you know and um to set up the things that we can at the best of our ability but then it's just a really big thing that I have to just let go and let God go, don't worry. I've got the sparrow. I've got your boys, mm-hmm. you know, and because um, we know who's going to come across their path, you know, like Sherry praying for the spouse. We, we pray for the people that anybody that can come along their path and um, provide and, and care for them. And um, I know God will do that and honor that because he loves our kids. Yeah, that's right. hundred percent. This is for all of you, actually. What is one thing that you'd like to share with our listeners to help encourage them and to bring hope for the road ahead? <laughs> Something to think about, huh? Very. Having heard these wonderful um, testimonies from all these ladies um, and hearing saying no, I had to learn to say no. Mm. And it impacted my marriage because I had a typical twin. I had retired from the Navy. I had the time. I was an old mom. So I had my career. Yay. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I had my kids. So I poured everything in that I could and volunteered at the typical, you know, I was at both schools doing, and I didn't say no. And I had trouble saying no. I think that's something you have to learn to protect yourself. As Sherry had said, every one of our moms here on this podcast know to say no 
but to actually do it, I think that's something to learn early on. I didn't do it and it impacted my marriage. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'll share, um, I think, um, in terms of encouragement for families out there, uh, I think we couldn't be living in a more exciting time. Um, if you have a family member with special needs, um, because we've got a whole generation now who have gone through schools and they have masters and PhDs and degrees um, that all are specifically to help our, our kids, you know, um, our adult children and our kids as well. And so I think it's kind of exciting. Um, to see, I'm starting to meet younger and younger um, individuals who are therapists and, and things like that. And just the, um, they're bright, they're smart energy, they have the energy and the dedication, and they chose this path. Um, and so they're passionate about it. And that is only going to uh, benefit our kids when we take them to their therapies or, you know, whatever it is. I just think it's exciting because um, as Terry had said too, you know, there's just options becoming available to us all the time. You know, we, and we do it, you know, in a matter of years, we'll have even more options for our adult kids and their futures. Um, and so I think that's really exciting. And I just appreciate the individuals that are um, making individuals with disabilities a priority in this, you know, in society and um, choosing career paths to support and encourage and to help them live their best lives. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. You know, I think today is the anniversary of the ADA, Americans Disability Act. I think today is 31 years. So, and when you stop and think about it, wow, it's only 31 years, you know, and um, like Sherry said, there's so many new things that are exciting all the time and to be thankful for those that have gone before us mm -hmm. that made those changes and exciting to see um, young people, I call like Kristen, because Kristen, you're young people to me, <laughs> are doing beautiful if you, um, you know. things like Hope on the Heart Road, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't there before, you know, some of us had um, parent support groups and things like that when we were younger, Sherry and I have known each other for a long mm -hmm. time, and um, it is, it's so exciting to see all the um, new things that are happening, and um, our country is so blessed, I mean, to just um, the gratitude, you know, I have been to a lot of places around the world and, you know, the USA does have so much more and California has more than a lot of the states in, um, in the USA. So we have so much to be thankful for and to, um, encourage each other and just to remember to step back and go, thank you. Thank you for the people who've gone before us. And thank you for those who are coming after us to carry the torch that we can pass it on to. And um, it's just beautiful that you're doing um, this podcast to encourage people. So that's what I'm going to say. Listen to Kristen's podcast so that um, you can continue to be encouraged. So, oh, Sandy, thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just thank you all so much. These are such amazing ladies and amazing moms. And I am so thankful that you're all here and participating. And I'm just so blessed by all of you. So thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hey ladies, with Mother's Day coming up, we are having our annual Mom's Day Out retreat this weekend on April 22nd and 23rd. You won't want to miss this year's two-day event with incredible speaker, Melissa Mamoni, beautiful music, yummy food, spa and beauty services, sure to pamper, and so much more. There are only a couple of days left to register, so go to our website at hopeontheharroad.org or click on our social media link. We hope to see you there. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.